0: thank you once again for the opportunity to share fellowship and it is a privilege. Uh, Under this privilege we are opportuned to hear your word which is light which is also power made available to us. We pray that we shall have clarity of purpose of understanding of thought and of expression. The word of God shall be divided precisely and accurately in the knowledge of the Christ. As you are glorified, may we be edified. And thank you for the capacity and the capability to do this word. And to live fruitfully and gloriously alongside the body of Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. So we are continuing with what I started on Wednesday. Faith and logic. Draw the line, faith and logic. Draw the line, faith and logic. Yeah, And uh, it's quite a very, very technical topic. And um, it requires a lot of understanding uh, regarding the word of God and how to be able to make sure you are dividing the word because how you divide the word will also determine how you live the word okay and so it is something that we must really really take notice of and be very discerned about okay and then also it will require that we study see I need to study you know, you go to court and you realize that one lawyer is really arguing and they are arguing their case very well. And they are both using maybe the same thing in the Constitution. But you would see that one is able to divide it so well and therefore they are able to derive the privileges within that particular article in that Constitution that the other lawyer has not seen, and that gives them victory in the case. Is it is the same we do as believers regarding the word of God, where we should be able. You see, what it is is that the lawyer gets into the intent of the one who made the constitution. He goes into their thought, their brain as to why they wrote that constitution and what the privileges, the restrictions, the benefits within that constitution and those varied articles in the constitution. So they must be able to understand it so well then they can argue their case out For the judge to say, yes, you are right. And you are wrong. You see, but we believers normally take everything. You see, when we say something is spiritual, then for the believer, it doesn't make sense. Then it means it is spiritual. But it is not necessarily so. That the fact that something is faith and is spiritual, then it doesn't make sense. They are not opposites. Faith and logic and reasoning are not opposites. Faith and reasoning are not opposite. Faith doesn't say don't think. It doesn't mean so. You see, when we are talking, when I'm teaching, and I'm saying, stop, stop that kind of thinking. I'm not saying don't think. No, I'm saying that you have a pattern of thinking that is wrong. Change it. So, don't ever think that because we have to believe by faith, we don't have to think. And I give examples. When you go and you preach the gospel, how do the person receive the gospel to believe? They first have to think. True or false? Did you think about the gospel preached to you? Did you think about it? Before you believed? Ah, did you think about it? Yes, you thought about it. And you thought about it, and you felt like, no, this is true. Is that not it? Is that not it? And then you what? Believed. So wherever you see belief, there's knowledge. And there's reasoning. Wherever you see belief, there is what? Knowledge. But what it is, is that the knowledge must be true. So that you can get the desired effect of your belief. Is that very clear? So if you see that this air conditioning is blowing, the person who doesn't understand the mechanisms... Of how air conditions blow good air or um, cold air will say this is a miracle. Is that not it? Oh, is that not it? But the one who understands what the condenser does and how it is programmed and all of that has the knowledge and understands the reasoning, the logic behind the air condition blowing. Praise God. Is that very clear okay, good um, have I made my, my my this thing clear okay all right so it's very important that we understand and there are certain things that seriously we know that men can never do but God does yeah true or false yes and there are certain things too that God does, but he expects us to do it. Praise God. True of us. So, who creates human beings? Hello? Who creates human beings? It's God. We all know. Huh? But how do human beings get created? Eh. By men. What, you, are, you, are, you see this your spirituality. You see, you see, you see, so you think you're more spiritual than me. So yes. So how do men produce through sexual what? Intimacy. Hello? True of false? But who creates? So, although it is God who creates, we are the ones by common sense, by a logic. We do things that will bring God's creation to bear, is that not it? So, if you are believing God for a child, and you say that, I'll be there. I won't do anything with a man. So we prophesy to you. And year by this time, you have your child. Then you go and stay in the room with your husband. You are just fasting and praying. Would you have a child? What should we call you? Is that very clear? So, there's an expectation of what you should what? Do. That's logic. That's common sense. Okay. I think the problem we have, that sometimes and most times, not makes us Christians go to the extreme. And I've, it was very difficult to be able to find the words to explain this what makes us go to the extreme is that we are not able to distinguish between what is common knowledge and common sense. You see, we normally think that the fact that something is common knowledge means it's common sense. Because there are things that the world defines as common sense that is just popular knowledge that is just popular knowledge so it's something that everybody knows because the moment you are growing up that's the way you are taught so the world calls it common sense but if you really understand scripture and you understand the word of God and the will of God, you would realize that most of these things are just common knowledge, but they are not common sense. It doesn't make sense. Am I confusing you? Am I confusing you at all? Is, am I, you are confused. Oh, you are confused. Okay. Who else is confused? You are confused too. You are fine. Okay. You are confused. Common sense and common knowledge. Okay. So you see, when we say common sense, all of us, what it means is that it is something, a kind of um, action, or something you have to say that everybody knows this is how you have to do it. That's what we call common sense. True or false. It means that, now, I'm sending you somewhere. I've sent you there before. You've gone twice. Or thrice. Been there. I mean, within three weeks. So you are familiar with the place. Common sense is that, if I'm sending you there again, I don't need to give you direction again. You are going to the same place. It's common sense. So it makes sense that, I don't tell you pass here, pass there. It's common sense. Hello? Is that not what we, we define as common sense? So that I, won't, I shouldn't tell you. If somebody is a human being, you know that the person um, farts. Is it common sense? Eh? Yes. So, Bible won't tell you that Jesus farted. For you to know that he farted. Ah. Was he a human being? Yes. So you don't need for Bible to, it's common sense. Because so far as Jesus ate, then Jesus will do what? Yes. So there are certain things the Bible won't tell you. Because, just common sense, how we call it, do you understand the point? But there are some of these things we also call common sense, together with the world. That is not common sense. It is just common knowledge. That's what everybody thinks. That's what everybody knows. But it doesn't necessarily mean it makes sense. Especially when you want to compare it with the word of God. But you see, we use the common sense of the world to normally approach the word of God. And so if we are not careful, we are not able to draw the line. And so we use what the world calls common sense to actually interpret the word of God. But what actually must be common sense is something that agrees with the interpretation of scripture. Because common sense must aid you into God's whole purpose and God's whole counsel. So when you say common sense, it projects God's purpose for humanity. Is that very clear? And so when we are saying common sense, in our minds, it is something that must project God's purpose. But we can also realize that there are a lot of things that the world tells us to do. And the way to do them, that is not projecting God's purpose. Therefore, it looks like it makes sense. And we can confuse the two. For example, if I say church is business, the world will say common sense because it's business for them. They expect that I should be practicing certain business principles that will make this church thrive. Hello? Are you getting a point? So I must be business-minded. But if I use that approach I will miss God and his purpose for the church. But there are certain things also that the world would agree uh, I would agree with what the world thinks regarding church which may be common sense. I should be able to divide and know which one is which one is not. I should be able to. It becomes a bit complex and complicated. And most of us find ourselves in that place where we now don't know what to do. So we can easily miss God's leading in common sense. Common sense. But we don't see God's leading because we're expecting something supernatural, something dramatic, something sometimes spectacular. He, I'm waiting. Like I told you about a preacher who was actually in a boat and he was sinking. And, and, and he was drowning. The guy was drowning. And then there were other boats that were coming. And they said, oh, can we help you? drowning." He said, I'm waiting for God. So can you see that he's missing God's leading in common sense? That there are human beings that God has brought. You are waiting for dramatic, an angel. So you want to see like Angel Michael with wings. Come and say, my son, my son, I'm drawing you from the water. And, And most Christians miss God's leading. Are you getting the point? And sometimes too... When we should actually also expect a supernatural. We also use the common. And we miss God. Are you here with me? Am I really teaching you? I've spent over 15 minutes already. Now, do you know we are called to the people of the world? How many of us know that? Are we called to the people of the world? Okay. Look at what Matthew 10, verse 16 says. Look at what Jesus said. Then you can understand Sometimes the complexity and the complications where we need to really study and we can draw the line. And that's why I'm teaching this. The reason I'm teaching this is because I don't want you to sometimes think too much and miss God's leading. And sometimes, too, you become what you call too spiritual and miss God's leading. Hello. Yeah. What does he say Matthew 10:16? Read it. Go. Behold, uh-huh. I send you forth as what? As what? In the Okay. Therefore be wise, uh-huh. Mhm. And harmless as what? Doves. So what is this scripture projecting? What is this creature projecting? Yes. Okay. So, so, he's saying that, number one, the same people I am sending you to are your enemies. It's not that you hate them, but they hate you. They are the same people that want to eat you up. Is that not what the wolf does to the sheep? They want to devour you. In other words, they want to destroy you. In other words, they don't like you. They would see you as a prey to eat you up. But I have still sent you in the midst of them. So what it means is that in this world, light and darkness will be dwelling together. Fortunately, unfortunately, the light has been sent to the darkness. Darkness... Are you getting the point? Hates light because light exposes its weakness. Is that not it? So he says, they won't like you. They are the ones that want to hurt you. But I've sent you to them. Now, if you are sent to people like that, then you must know how to live with them. Is that not it? What it means is that they would always cross your path. They are the ones you have been sent to. So how do you go to them and avoid them praying you and you winning them? That's the task we have. They are in your family, true or false. They are at your workplace, true or false. They are in your community, your neighborhood, true of false. And as a matter of fact, they are also the ones ruling in government over you. Hey, are you here at all? Yes, sir. What I'm saying, does it really relate to you directly? Now, he has showed us how... To conduct ourselves, be wise as serpents, and here you see how the word serpent is used. How the serpent is able to avoid um, enemies and make decisions to live, <laughs> and, and and then. In doing that, in doing that, be like doves. Your motivation must not be by offense. Like doves. When you, you see a dove, you want to go near it. It wants to, ah, Even if it's afraid of you, it doesn't show threat that if you try, me to I will hurt you. Doves don't do that. Have you seen a dove doing that before? They are afraid of you. But they don't threaten to hurt you. If you try to pounce on them. Are you getting it? Be as doves. So the believer should be like a dove. That even when you are threatened. And they want to kill you and destroy you. Don't try to hurt them too. So you really need to be wise. (laughs) Are you getting a point? And clever. To work with them. Praise God. Look at how the AMPC, the Amplified Classic, renders it. Behold, I am sending you out like sheep in the midst of wolves. Be wary and wise as serpents. Watch and be innocent. Harmless, guileless, without falsity as doves. Look at how easy puts it. Easy is a, a, a translation that English, easy English. So it makes it simple. I'm bringing it down. Jesus then said to his disciples, listen well. I'm sending you to people who will want to kill you. You will be like sheep. You see how the sheep behaves. Stands there and they are slaughtered. Yeah. L- among wild animals, you must watch carefully. Can you see that? You must watch what? You see how you can sometimes be looking for the snake and you can't see it. I mean, you just saw it, then all of a sudden you can see it. Ah, And it's around you, but where is hiding? Are you getting a point? So you must sometimes be invisible as a believer. Not all over the place. To avoid the the wolf. Are you getting a point? And then also you must be what? Harmless. So he's telling not to take the other side of the snake. Are you getting the point? Ah, <laughs> Are you getting it? You know what a snake will do? It will bite you before you, you, you harm it. So he's just seeking for the opportunity. So no, no, you don't do that, that one don't. Be like the dove. That even when they want to hurt you, don't try to hurt them. So if you are not wise, you are not studious, you don't understand the word of God, the way you must understand it, if you are not careful, you just become a prey. You see, you know, when Jesus was attacked, Jesus was preaching, and they wanted to attack him. Jesus ran away. He was being wise as a serpent and innocent as what? A dog. At a point too, when they want to arrest him, he stood there. In both ways, he was being spiritual. And he was fulfilling the will of God. Hey. Can you see that? Is it making sense now? So at a point, he ran away. When he ran away, he was in the will of God, running away. (laughs) But... In the day when he had prayed the will of God and the hour. So so he told them, now is your hour. So at that time when he ran away, he was to run away. So he would have died prematurely. Are you here at all? He would have died prematurely. Hello. Look at how the message Bible puts it. The message Bible says this is hazardous work I am assigning you. (laughs) Hazardous work. A work full of hazards. So, being a Christian, (laughs) I wrote something on Facebook and I talked about affliction. Somebody said, oh, but how can uh, you more like go through affliction when Jesus has died and taken all the affliction? Yeah, so for those of you who think that a Christian will not go through affliction, fine. You are you are living heaven on earth. That was what I taught you. Christians don't go through affliction. It's a lie. Say I go through. Say I go through. through. Yeah. So you go through. Say, "I I go through. Even though I walk through the valley. I walk through. you walk through in fire and in water. I'll be with you in in fire and in water, in fire and in water. eh? I will be with you. So, whilst you are in the fire, will be, he didn't say you won't go into fire. You will never go into water. Hazardous does work. Then he says what we are to do. You are going to be like sheep running through a wolf pack. He really describes it very well. Yeah. So what it means is that in your office, in your family, eh, wherever you are in this world, you are running through a wolf pack. Yeah. 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 You think when Apostle Paul was quoting Ephesians 6, 10 to 12, it's the same thing? We, we do not fight against what? But what? Against spiritual wickedness? <clears throat> Call them rulers of uh, this thing. Uh, darkness in this age. Uh, are you getting the point? Yeah. So he says that although they are men, the rulers of darkness is not in the spirit. When he says flesh and blood, what he says is that the people you are seeing, they are human beings. Although human beings are the ones who are going to hurt you, there's something controlling the human beings. They are spiritual wickedness. Who are in high place, who are spirits. Is that very clear? Who are working with them and sometimes too in them just to hurt you. But you don't hurt them back. So he says, watch. So don't call attention to yourselves. Don't call what? Attention to yourselves. Yes. Okay? Be cunning as what? And you see what he used? In what? inoffensive as what? It's also if the attention is on you, you want to defend yourself. You want to fight in a certain way. Clear? Yes. But if you are doing what you are doing because the attention is on Christ, uh, Can you see that? Yes. And you know your assignment, You'll be inoffensive. Okay. As a dove. All right. So we must know what we must do at every point in time in this journey of faith. How to contact and not get contaminated. You know. I'm taking a lot of time to lay the foundation so that you'll be very clear. How to contact and yet not be contaminated. When you are looking after your family, your brother, your sister, God forbid, who has COVID-19 or has HIV AIDS, there is a way to contact them and still not get contaminated. True of false? You can't say that you have to what? Avoid them. <laughs> so you would contact them, but you would make sure that you are not contaminated. So that's our situation in this world as Christians. How do we stay in our assignment with God, fulfill our assignment, and not be swarmed by the same people we have been sent to? It applies to those of you, uh, 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 daughters and and brothers who are going to school. And and, and sons who are going to school. How to be in school and be that believer you must be. And still, you don't become that weird antisocial person who becomes irrelevant to this world. <laughs> how do you do it? Because if you don't associate at all, tell me how you can even win them. If you are quarreling with everybody, and the moment they are coming close, devil. <laughs> As, as most believers do, I here not be able. How do you how do you do it? How do you do it? And that's exactly what Jesus said: that the prince of this world comes, but he has nothing worth in me. He did it excellently. I'm in the world. But the world will not contaminate me. Praise God. Are you now getting it? So like I said, we should be able to distinguish what is common knowledge from common sense. Don't let necessarily their common sense be your common sense. But I also want you to know that God does not hate common sense. That you don't use your sense. Like Mary's miracle, a virgin Mary, it's a miracle. It's something that only God can do. True or false? Is that not it? Yes. Now, can you explain supernatural healing? Can you explain it? Can't explain it. But you see it happen, don't you? And you believe. Is that not it? Yes. So sometimes it will look like it's not common sense because it's purely spiritual. But it is not everything that your common sense will not apply. Because God also uses the natural. So if, okay, Jesus prayed for somebody and they were raised from the dead, is it supernatural? Is it supernatural? Can you explain it? So that is faith. Yeah. It's faith. But the moment the person got up, he said, Give him food to eat. What is that one? But is it still spiritual? So they are not opposites. Can you see that? Faith and logic are not what? Opposites. If the person was not giving food, what would have happened? He would die again. He would die again. (laughs) So, if you are using faith, doesn't necessarily mean that every time you have to desire them, desert your common word hello so believers like i said can act very foolishly and sometimes you say that jesus didn't save us sometimes you say that jesus has left us but it's because we didn't have good understanding praise god of how to apply faith and what? Logic. Yeah. And most of us get into that. There are certain things that we have said are opposites. Heaven and earth. Are they opposites? They are confused. Are they opposites? Yes. Okay. They are opposites. So it means that God hates the earth. And so, when you are referring to the earth as in opposition to heaven, then you are doing things on the earth that heaven doesn't sanction. But if you are not in this earth, You can't look forward for heaven. And the reason the earth is heaven. So they are not opposites. It is what you are doing. It's like we say you are carnal. When we say you are carnal, it doesn't necessarily mean natural. It means in your flesh, you are doing what the flesh was not to do. That makes it evil. So, that is carnality. But the flesh itself is not evil. God didn't give you your flesh for evil. That's why Paul would say, don't use your bodies as instruments for sin. Because that was not what it was made for. So, the spiritual and the natural are not opposites. they must work what Claire That's why some people don't use their emotions again when they become believers. Yes. Something that they must rejoice, he said, I don't rejoice. I'm putting my emotions under check. So if you want to go near your wife, it is last of the flesh. Or you see them playing gospel. Because in their mind, last is evil. But last in itself is not what? Evil. If you don't last, how can you have feelings for your wife or your husband? So, so the fruit of the spirit talks about self-control. So you must control the lust, the flesh. So you see, the flesh can either act for God or act against God. But the flesh itself is not bad. Oh, hello. Am I really dividing the word for you? Are you getting the difference? So I tell people that when you even talk about maybe, he said, oh, adultery or fornication is sin. What makes it sin? It is time. That's number one. And then who? That's number two. If you are not married to the person, time. The moment you marry the person, it's no more sin. Is that not it? No, is that not it? So it is time and then who? That's what makes it sin. But the moment you marry, it is no more a sin. It is pleasing to who? To God. Am I making sense at all? But then if your loss goes after something else or somebody else, that one is called what? Sin. So if you are a believer and you have to do, I mean, due diligence with your husband or with your wife, and you start, can, oh, no. This thing, see, No. You you do the natural. But in the natural, you are also pleasing God. Because that's where procreation also is released. Is that very clear? Is everybody clear? So the timing is key. And also the person is key. But... The action is permitted by God when the timing and the passing is subscribed to God's word. Simple. So you can be a wife, a husband, you can be a Christian husband, Christian wife, yet in your mind somewhere, there is a torture when you are doing something that is good, but you think you are doing the wrong thing. Watch this. Medical science and faith are they enemies? Are they opposites? So, can God use medical science to heal somebody? Yes. So, did Jesus refer to physicians? Was Luke, who became a disciple, eh? a physician? Was he still practicing? So, is thinking and prayer opposite? So, if somebody says, as for us, we don't plan. We are led by the Spirit. So, we don't plan. We only pray. And the other person will also say, oh, we only plan. We don't pray. No. We we pray to plan. And we plan to do what? To pray. Are you here at all? Yes. Yes. The two must go to what? together In fulfilling the will of God. So in, in other words, your brain is as important as your spirit. Your brain is as important as your spirit. Your brain is as important as your spirit. So we read Matthew 5:25. When you are on your way to court with your adversary, hello. When you are on your way to court, With your adversary. Settle your differences quickly. Otherwise your accuser may hand you over to the judge. Who will hand you over to an officer. And you'll be thrown into prison. Hello. Did you see that there? So what is he expecting you to do? As you pray. For God's deliverance, you also what? You do what? Common sense. You use your brain. Is that very clear? So you use your brain to make sure that you mediate. There's arbitration. There's reconciliation. So you negotiate with the one who is taking you. So you, you're a Christian, and you meet a policeman. And he says, I'm taking you to court tomorrow. Then he starts talking big English. I'm a believer. No weapon fashioned against me shall prosper. Every tongue that rises up against me, I condemn in judgment. <laughs> What's happening to you? <laughs> okay, so that's that's a good one. Who has bewitched you? <laughs> The Bible says that we don't pay bribes. So that's your dilemma. You don't pay bribes. Yes. So you don't want to flout the word of God. Is that not it? Are you here? Okay. That's a good one. Is mediation. Against the word of God. (laughs) It's reconciliation against the word of God. (laughs) So look at the country you are in. And do what you have to do. <laughs> what are you doing? You are being as wise as a serpent and as inoffensive as what? You are a Christian. You want to do politics. We didn't send you. You said God said you should do politics. And God has chosen you. You're a Christian. Oh, who are the people around you who are going to? Oh, they are all believers. We don't want any, any other faith. We don't want them to contaminate our... <laughs> Every decision that we are going to take must be spirit-led. Adak, adak, adak you shake your feet. (laughs) You are not using common sense. You're not using common sense. Even Joseph didn't do that. Joseph didn't do that. We're going to look into it. We're going to look into it. When you become the prime minister, you are going to be actually ruling only over Christians. Eh? And you say that everybody should go to church on Sunday. If you don't go to church, you are not a Ghanaian. So, th- you taking that stand rather defeats God's purpose for you to be in politics. Did you understand what I just said? I stand. Look at Matthew 24. 17. Are you there? Matthew 24, 70 to 20. Everybody read it. Go. <laughs> A person out on the deck... Hmm? Of a roof. Mm -hmm. He was talking about persecution. And he was telling them what to do when the persecution comes. uh, Are you here at all? He says what? A person out on the deck of a roof must not do what? Into where? To do what? Did you see that? What is that? Is that no common sense? Read it. A person out in the field, uh huh, must not return even to get what. Go ahead. How terrible it will be for a pregnant woman, uh huh, for the nursing mothers in those days, uh huh. Pray that your flight will not be in winter. What Use your spirituality to pray, pray that at that time, you will not be in a position where you can do anything. But if you can do something, use your common sense. If you are in the roof, stay there. Don't come down to say, I'm coming to park. Are you here? So, learn to know that God gave you a brain. And that brain is not necessarily an opposition to what? To spirituality. Unless that brain is being used against the will of God. Unless logic opposes the will of God, it is not dangerous. So, logic only becomes dangerous when it opposes the will of God. So if you are quoting, in this time where somebody is about to harm you and you are not running, he said, the Lord is my security. For me to live is Christ. For me to die is gain. You are not being wise. You're not being wise. There are certain personalities in the Bible whose contributions were very remarkable. Mention somebody like Moses, Paul, who come to them, Isaac, Jacob. You have somebody like Abraham, right? Remarkable. So, if you look at Moses, Moses actually wrote the fulcrum and the basis of Bible doctrine. Do you know that? Do you know that Isaiah is the most quoted in the Old Testament? As well as Daniel. Do you know that Joseph who was raised by a farmer? Who is the farmer? Huh? Jacob. He actually <laughs> took about 13 chapters. Joseph, in the whole of Genesis, he was spoken of for about 13 chapters. 13, 1, 3, 13 chapters. Let's look at him in Genesis 37. In Genesis 37, 14 to 20. When his brothers were feeding the sheep, right? And he came back to report to their father about some of the bad things they were doing. Yeah? 37, 14 to 20. Go see how your brothers and the flock are getting along. Jacob said, then come back. Bring me report. Then Joseph sent him on his way, and Joseph traveled to Shechem, from their home to the valley of Hebron. When he arrived there, a man from the area noticed him wandering around the countryside. What are you looking for? He asked, I'm looking for my brothers, right? Do you know where they are pasturing the sheep? Yes, the man told him. And they moved on from here. Um, but, I, but I heard him say, let's go to Dothan. You know? And when they, he got there, what happened? When the Joseph's brothers saw him, they recognized him in the distance, he approached them, and they made plans to kill him. And what did they say? "Here comes a dreamer." And they said, "Come on, let's kill him and throw him into one of these systems. We can tell your father, a wild animal has eaten him. Then we'll see what becomes of his, what becomes of his ride. Wow. So right from here Joseph is in his own home in his own house his own family but he finds himself in the pack of wolves He goes into Egypt the house of Potiphar 39, 2-4, 39, the Lord was with Joseph, so he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. So he'll be taken to a place that actually what they do is to serve idols. A culture in which he's alien to, which is against his faith. Hello? Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph. Can you see that? When you see that, they said the Lord was with Joseph and all of that, the Lord there for him, for Potiphar, is the gods. Is that very clear? Giving him success in everything he did. So you can see Joseph in the midst of wolves. He is living the faith, but yet not contaminated. He's in Egypt. Egypt actually is typification of the world. He's, in, he's actually very soon going to be in the place of rulership. But he's staying with somebody who is a ruler in the dark age. A ruler of darkness in that age. Joseph was his personal attendant. But he saw Joseph's faithfulness. Put him in charge of the entire household and everything he owned. Look at the five. From the day Joseph was put in charge of his master's household and property, the Lord began to bless Potiphar's household for Joseph's sake. All his household affairs ran smoothly. Hello. Did you see that? All his household affairs. What? Wow. And his crops and livestock did what? Okay. What do you see? A combination of what? Spirituality and what? Logic. Do you know that Joseph learned the agri, livestock and all of that from his parents, right? But managing things and all of that He was also mentored by Potiphar. So, he saw something from there that he could take to manage. He also took something from his parents. So, he mixed up. You see, he used common sense. Say common sense. Now, is Joseph going to fulfill the will of God in all of this? So, he used both what God has showed him in a dream and what common sense must lead him to. So you can see faith and logic in combination and then the will of God will be what fulfilled. Is that very clear? Watch something. So Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibility over everything he owned. Can you see that he's learning? How do you administer? I tell people, Church is not just teaching and preaching. I can say that it could actually be the easiest. It's very difficult. But in church management, church growth, it could be the easiest. Managing the people the administrative intelligence is the most difficult. You can be praying and you can be fasting and you can be teaching well, but your pastoral care and management can rather drive the people away Are you here with me? You must use commons. An expertise of growth in developing your mind and your brain, you must develop it. Can you see that except for what kind of food to eat, Potiphar didn't need to worry about anything. In other words, Joseph was actually doing a good work in managing the life of the unbelieving ruler. Look at 22. When he was taken to prison. Before long, the warden put Joseph in charge of all the other prisoners. And over everything that happened in the prison, the warden has no more worries. Hey. Because Joseph took care of everything. Look at the last, the last statement. Everybody read it. The Lord was what? was with him. Mm -hmm. So can you see the Lord was with him and caused everything he did to us as if if it was magical. And that's how the average Christian will read it. (laughs) When you pray, no, then the church will grow. Yes, pray. But you must manage things and manage them what? Well, for the church to grow. There are intelligent actions that you must take that will bring them into fulfillment. Is that very clear? You must know which one is worldly and which one is still what? Spiritual. Hmm. Did you see Joseph changing certain things when he went there? Did you see that? Did you see that? Did you see him changing something? But was he able to work and bring the glory of God in the place? So he didn't act as if he was the one who is in charge and he was doing what he likes. Can you see that? But was he still in the will of God? So you see that you can work with an unbelieving uh, manager, director, and still be in the will of God and do things in the end that will bring glory to God. Can you see that? Can you see that you can be in a school, you can be in an environment, you can be in a neighborhood where they're stuck, they are stuck unbelievers, but yet you can work in such a way. That the will of God will be fulfilled. Is that very clear? Can you see that? Say, I, I have that ability. It is wired in me. Wired in me. So for, for, for the report to say that the Lord was with him. To tell you that he was still in tune. Yeah. He has not left his place, his position. As a child of God. In the midst of worldly people, a worldly organization, he still maintained his place in God and did also what he had to do to bring the necessary transformation that is needed within that environment. Praise God. Is that very clear? So what it means is that he allowed himself to be mentored by Potiphar in the things that was necessary. He allowed himself to be mentored by Potiphar. In the things that was necessary to be done. And that did not take his faith away. He was both spiritual and natural. When he would interpret dreams, was he spiritual? When he was executing management, what was that? Skill. Skill. He trained himself. He learned on the job. Are you hearing me? So, um, I'm faith. oh, we are going to heaven. School. I don't need it. Uh, I'm going to do, go to school. You know, Christians can go to the extreme. Oh, we don't need money. We don't need money. Money. Money is evil. Did I teach you that? (laughs) And then, what was the scripture they will quote? You can't save God and money. Hey, yes. When your money becomes a stumbling block to your faith, The money becomes evil. But listen, we need money for the work of ministry. As I stand here right now, know the money I need. (laughs) Are you getting it? So you should be able to get a good grasp of spirituality and logic. Or faith and logic. And where to draw what? The line. Okay. So don't be that believer who prays in the spirit, prophesies, and yet cannot apply themselves to anything meaningful in life. We must be useful with natural things. So spirituality or spiritual and natural things are not either or. Write it down. Very important. They are not either or. So we can see that it was obvious that the Christian character Joseph portrayed rather became an advantage for how he handled natural things. Write it down. It was very obvious that the Christian character he portrayed rather became an advantage for how he handled natural things. So in in Joseph's mind, And in Joseph's faculty, what was actually permeating whilst he did everything he did was that he said, I should love my neighbor as myself. He says, I should obey those in authority. So you see, whatever Joseph was doing had a basic motivation of his faith and he was using logic to bring that to bear for everybody to see is that very clear his love of god is now shown in how he managed the things of others How he respected authority. Let's finish with this. In Genesis 41. We see that Pharaoh had another dream. A second dream. And Joseph was introduced. Genesis 41.33 will tell us what Pharaoh would ask that is done. Now, when Pharaoh had the dream, he asked that the one who would actually interpret the dream must also tell him the dream he dreamt. Hello? Can you see that? Oh, ah, can you see that? So, number one, tell me the dream I want. Okay. Can you naturally do that? So that one will have to be what? Spiritual. So with the spiritual ability he had, he was able to tell the the king what? The dream he dreamt. So that is purely supernatural. That is purely out of faith. Claire. Alright. Can we go ahead? Now Sir Pharaoh would ask something. Pharaoh says, We should find an intelligent and wise man. Hello? After he had told him the dream, interpreted the dream, hello? This is what Pharaoh said. We must find what? Go ahead. And put him in charge of what? The entire land of Egypt. Mm -hmm. Then Pharaoh should what? Appoint supervisors over the land and let them collect one fifth of the. Go ahead. Who is speaking? Joseph. So Joseph is speaking. Can you see Joseph speaking? Okay. Go ahead. Read it. There will be food in the season. So Joseph is giving all of these suggestions. Look at the 37. So Joseph's suggestions were where what? Okay, by, and the, mm -hmm, so Pharaoh asked his officials, can we find anyone else like this man? So here, the spirit of the gods, when they say that, that's what they mean. Are you getting it? Let's go ahead. Uh Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has revealed the meaning of the dreams to you, clearly, no one else is as intelligent or wise as you are. You will bring, you will be in charge of my court, and all my people will take orders from you. Only I, sitting on my throne, will have a rank higher than yours. Was this in the dream? Was it in the dream? Okay, wait. The dream the king dreamt, was this in it? All the suggestions Joseph made, was it in it? So why did Joseph give all of that? And is this something that he has learned? But did Joseph dream a dream some years back? So how is now the dream fulfilled? Faith and logic. So he could easily have missed the opportunity and messed up as a matter of fact. When he actually saw the dream, interpreted the dream, but doesn't doesn't have the skill to manage the things because he always saw everything as just what? Spiritual. He would have missed it. He would have You would have missed. It. So the counsel he gave became the counsel of God because he has studied, he has learned. When they said that he was discreet and wise, it actually means here that he had knowledge and exposure to facts and to resources. He has exposure. so we will need common sense to handle supernatural revelations or things. We would use logic that came through exposure, use of data analysis, and things that worked or did not work there are things there are certain things you tell me and i know exactly what to tell you why because i have the experience I have the experience. If I don't, grace, I won't know. Grace, glorious grace. At the cross, you called it finished. Thank you for listening to Grace Bills by Reverend Josh Lai, lead pastor, Caris Center International. We believe the word has begun a good work in you. May God's amazing grace lead you to a peaceful and joy filled life. Caris Center International, living heaven on earth. So we must draw the line. We must draw what? The line. So God uses our brain. Just like he uses our spirit. To fulfill his purposes on earth. God uses our brain. also uses our word Spirit. We must draw the line. We must draw the line. So everything is not spiritual. And everything is not what? Logical. We must know where we don't interfere, we must also know where we combine. by saying, as much as Joseph was moved, he was exposed far away from his background. He handled things within an unfamiliar terrain to bring glory to And he's actually now going to do something in commerce, which will lead to the deliverance of his family. Something he never learned from Bible school. Very clear. So write it down. What he saw supernaturally came to pass. But what bailed them out in Egypt? What was what Joseph learned by experience? So as you are trained in church you are also trained not just in your spirit but in your common sense. But God can use unbelievers to also train you in certain skills an expertise that will help fulfill God's agenda. Their motivation may be different, but your motivation will be because of your faith. Their motivation will be different but your motivation will be because of your faith. Praise God. Have you learned something?